Welcome to the Renewing Your Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Katie Ruga, Christian wife and mama to three. On this podcast, you will hear encouragement to daily renew your minds and pursue biblical motherhood from myself and other Christian mamas. I am so excited you are here. Hey, mamas, welcome back to Renewing Your Motherhood podcast. Today, I have a dear friend, Kristen Nave, on with me. Kristen is a Bible teacher and Bible study author and lives in California with her husband and daughter. Kristen is most passionate about seeing others have a close relationship with God and learn to love the Bible and apply it to every area of their lives. Kristen is also the co-host of the podcast Abiding Free, a podcast that encourages women to pursue the freedom that Christ has promised. She holds a master's in school psychology and a master's in biblical studies from Moody Bible Institute. Kristen loves to laugh and have dance parties in the kitchen with her daughter. And her favorite (laughs) night of the week is her family's nachos and movie night. Kristen, thank you so much for being on today. Oh, Katie, it's so awesome. What an honor. I'm so glad to join you here and just love your podcast and just love what you're doing here. So thank you so much. Right back at you for the listeners. If you haven't listened to Kristen's Abiding Free podcast yet, you definitely need to. You have had some amazing in-depth conversations that are very encouraging and eye-opening. So thank Mm -hmm. you for (laughs) all of your wisdom too. Um, Okay, let's jump in. Um, I love to ask my guests this. How did you come to know Jesus? Tell us any part of your testimony. Oh, that's a great question. I love testimonies. It's like one of my favorite things to ask people too. And it just tells you so much about the person. And, um, you know, Katie, I grew up and I was um, very church, I would say, in the sense of I was, you know, made to go to church on Sundays. And um, I was even a part of youth group. And, um, but I, I really didn't understand what it meant to have a personal relationship with God. And there was a lot of turmoil in my, my home, um, in my house, but our family was kind of like that, you know, um, picture perfect family. We were like high achievers and everything I think looked good to people on the outside. Um, but we were not a part of like church community and, um, we just kind of were church attenders. And about when I was 16, my parents divorced, uh, which was just very hard. And um, it just kind of confused me even more about God. And, um, you know, could he not save my parents' marriage? And, you know, just all those questions I asked as a teenager. And, you know, obviously during teenage years, you're already going through a lot of things, I think, you know, socially and with other kids. And so, um, you know, I, I thought I was a Christian because I went to church and I, um, I would push the lines in, you know, sexual promiscuity, but I, I, I felt like I didn't make that final <laughs> plunge. And so to me, that was purity. And, um, you know, I just thought those, those checkbox things, going to church, um, you know, trying to be a good person, that that's kind of what made me a Christian. And so I got to college and, you know, that, that just unravels because there, there's no foundation on Christ and, on God himself, on the living God. And so it was just, you know, a foundation on 
you know, going to church and um, just the appearance of being a Christian. And so I, you know, I fell pretty quickly into just living for the world and, um, you know, partying and, and all those things. And, you know, Katie, I'm not here to, to tell you that, like, I was miserable in it. I actually think that I was enjoying it. And I got to the end of my freshman year and things were like circumstantially going pretty well. I was, um, you know, I was doing well in school. I had friends. I was, um, but there was just this deep emptiness that was growing in me. And it was, it was interesting because that churchy persona carried me in, into college, but I would go to church hungover, um, just to check the box so I could tell my family I was going to church and I would literally like sit in church and like nod off and like fall asleep. But I was going to church, so I thought <laughs> that was, you know, uh, that's what made me a Christian. And I was just so bored in church. I thought it was just so boring. Um, and so I got to the end of that year, as I said, and I was just really empty. But um, I was confused because I didn't understand since I thought I was a Christian. And, you know, I'd hear the messages. I thought, well, okay. Like, I kind of just thought, well, maybe this is just you know, part of being a Christian. And, um, and so anyway, I went to what's called Harvest Crusade and it's with this pastor, Greg Laurie. And it was so, um, so he gave a message, Katie, and it was like, he talked about, um, being a Christian is not just going to heaven one day. And I think that's really what I kind of was focused on. Like the again, these checkboxes and one of the checkboxes was going to heaven. Um, but he, he described that being a Christian is living an abundant life. And that word abundant, really full, you know, really stood out to me is like, that is not what I have. That's not what I have at all. And it was so funny because I was there, I never prayed, but like I had a, another non-Christian friend with me and I was praying for her to go down, you know, in the altar. And then like all of a sudden I'm hit with, Oh dear, like I'm that person. <laughs> I do not know. I do not know God personally. Well, I was too prideful to go down on the field and do the whole, you know, altar call. Um, but that night I got on my knees and um, literally got on my knees and I just prayed and it was nothing fancy. I just confessed, like I said, Jesus, I know a lot about you. You know, I've grown up in the church, but I do not know you. And there is a big difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing him personally. And, um, I mean, literally Katie, like I, I do have one of those stories where like overnight, like I, I like picked up the, the Bible I had, I dusted it off because it had dirt on it, literally dust. And I just started devouring it and, and I really haven't stopped since. Yeah. <laughs> Even, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but that was, I would say that the start of my, my testimony and, and, um, so yeah. <laughs> I think short. that is so amazing that just hearing you say um, that you would go to church, but you thought it was boring. And, and now just seeing how God totally redeemed and restored that. And yeah. now you're teaching God's word mm. and you love it. And I just, all glory to God. It just shows he can, he can do anything. He can mm. turn anything around, Amen. turn anyone around. Yeah. Um, I also got goosebumps when you said abundant life. Mm, Yeah. What, when you started digging more into that, what did you find? Like when you just, uh, yeah, curious. 
No, that's a great question. And it's interesting you ask it because essentially um, that's, that's really what our podcast is based on is, you know, abiding free. And, and we really, um, you know, Paul talks about in Galatians, he says, you know, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And it's so interesting because it's like, in one hand, I could kind of like laugh at that verse, like, okay, that sounds silly. He's like redundant. Like it is for freedom. The crisis set us free. And it's like, we're free to be free. But, and you know, my podcast partner and I laugh about that. But the point is that Paul's making is like, once we become a Christian, like we are free, you know, once and for all, um, from, you know, eternal separation from God. Like we, it's it, that's it. Like we don't have to worry about, you know, losing our salvation if we are truly a follower of Jesus. But there's a, an almost like another freedom that God wants us to walk in. And it's like the daily freedom, you know, from the shame and the, and the sin and those like old patterns that we keep going, you know, back into. And, um, so yeah. And like living a full life, it, this is funny. So when I first became a Christian, um, Katie, I, I had so much joy. This is going to sound crazy. Okay. I had so much joy. I had stomach aches at night because wow. I was, yeah, I, that's all I, all I can describe it as is like a joy stomach ache. Like I, like I was so overjoyed of like this, the difference in this abundant life, like that, like it was true abiding deep joy than just like circumstantial happiness that would like go up and down. And I just remember like, I'd almost like laugh at night. Like I can't go to sleep. Like I have so much joy. And so, yeah, that's wow. what I would say that abundance. Wow. That's amazing. And that passage is just so it's so rich. I looked it up really quick. And when they're talking about that freedom, freedom from having to earn our own way to God, freedom from sin and guilt and condemnation, freedom from the penalty and the power, and eventually freedom from the presence of sin. Wow. That's so good. Yes. Are such rich truths that we can cling to and walk in every day, like you said. Yeah. Well, and I just want to say, I love your podcast, Katie, because it all starts with identity, doesn't it? And it's like, that's essentially what happened that day to my testimony that, that you so beautifully highlight, uh, you know, through your ministry is like, I, I didn't understand my identity and I didn't understand that like everything started there. And that's when I realized I was his daughter. Like I wasn't just this wannabe Christian anymore. (laughs) You know, I was like, I went from that to being like his precious daughter. And so, yeah, like to, to walk in freedom, we have to, we have to start there. And so that's why I just thank you for what you're doing here. Oh, it's so personal. That's what's so beautiful about yeah. our walk with the Lord is it's so personal and and it's not even it's not anything that we are doing or we can do. It's all because of him and his mercy and grace and his desire to have a relationship with us and let us know, yes, you are wanted. You are loved. I came for you and I have thoughts of you all day long. I mean, it's just amazing when you stop and think about 
just the relationship aspect and how special and unique it is. Mm, amen to that. Yes. I love that. <laughs> okay. So you, you went from, you dusted off your Bible and started <laughs> diving in and you began to teach God's word. So how long have you been in that ministry? How did that get started? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, well, I just want to say, and I, I hope this encourages people out there, your listeners. Um, honestly, it just it just started with I reading the Bible, and when I started reading the Bible, Katie, like there was no like I think was the internet out yet? No, I don't think the internet was even really out yet, and. All I had was a Bible and a journal. I didn't know about commentaries. I didn't I didn't have a Bible study guide. And listen, I I wrote a Bible study, so I'm not at all criticizing resources. I use them every day now, but I can tell you there are times that like I miss those days. Like I would just sit in a coffee shop or wherever I was and I would just read God's word. All I had was the Holy Spirit. And I just think it was such a beautiful way to start because it reminded me that like any of us, you know, any of us can read God's word and get out of it. Sometimes I think, I mean, okay, maybe people are going to be mad at me for saying this, but again, I'm, I'm somebody who's written resources, but sometimes I think the resources actually are hindering us. And actually Bible data would tell you that, that there's actually been a decline in biblical literacy because I think we're like, often we're like searching for the perfect resource, you know, and I just want to encourage like listeners that you, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have the greatest resource and it's the Holy Spirit. And, um, so I, I went for years without like any sort of Bible study guide or, you know, and it was just such sweet days. I would just like journal, you know, just like write thoughts down about the verses and and God would change, was changing my life. And, um, so yeah, so I, I would say the teaching really began years later and it was, it was just, it was a, more of a natural thing where people just kind of identified it in my life because I, I just genuinely love to spend time in God's word. My husband, he spends like 30 minutes in God's word and he gets a lot out of it. And he is like, he's an imperfect, but godly man. Um, and, but I just like, and this is not for everybody, but I just like love for hours. Like I could sit and and study and read. And so then what I would do is I, I'm very verbal. (laughs) They couldn't tell that, but I would just start talking about with everybody, like who, like what God was teaching me. And, and so people would, would say to me, um, you, do you know that you have, you have the gift of teaching or you should be, and I kind of be thrown off by that. Cause to me, it wasn't teaching. <laughs> I was just, you know, sharing. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so I think it started like small, like I, I would teach a little bit in my college ministry. They'd ask me and then, and then, you know, which is kind of different. I, I would take any sort of opportunities. And I think that's another thing out there is I think there's a lot of pressure um, for those of us who like to teach or or, th- or wonder if we're a Bible teacher. We're looking for like the big platforms sometimes or we're, we're feeling that pressure to find that. And I think a true teacher will just take any opportunity they can. And some of my teaching was in the kids classroom at church. Like that was probably my first teaching is is I, um, I served in my kids, like kindergarten through second grade class. And, oh my gosh, like I was learning the Bible too. So I got to learn it as I was teaching it. And I just loved that. And then I would, you know, start teaching, um, just small groups of women in my home and, 
um, you know, still do that. And um, it's just, I, I just think like whatever chance I can get, you know, <laughs> that, that's how that all started. <laughs> and that was, you said that kind of started naturally in college. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, gosh, like everyone's going to know how old I am, but that's been, I mean, 20, no, I don't care <laughs> that. Yeah. That's been about like 20, almost, almost 20 years, I'd say like 18 okay. years. Yeah. So crazy. Wow. That is <laughs> yeah. so neat. And just what exactly what you're saying, you know, when you know what giftings he's given you, when you are able to, you know, ask the Lord, Lord, will you reveal what yeah. giftings you've knit in me can you reveal that to me and he will. And like you said, people were like confirming that people would were coming to you and asking you and wanted to hear what you had to say. And, um, and I love what you, you encourage us with is right where you are at, use your gifts yes. for the Lord, right where you are at. Yes. And thank, over yeah, time, you. it just builds and builds and builds and you, and you might find yourself on a stage or leading a group someday or maybe um, putting together an organization if your gifting is um, more organized, more organization role, leadership, you know, whatever your gifting is, start, start exercising that now, wherever yeah. you are. Yep. And the Lord does a lot with a little, you know? Oh, amen. I know I've been... I've been reading um, or studying Ephesians and just reading again through, you know, the purpose of the church is, you know, really for the saints to be equipped for the work of the ministry. And we do that by, by everybody operating. Like I just over and over, it's like Paul, like he reminds us how important everybody is, whatever God has given them. And in that, it's, it stood out to me. There's part in Ephesians. I don't know it verbatim, but it basically says like, it's for the building up in love of the church yes. and like that. Yeah. And I was just like, dang, like we've got to be encouraging everyone how significant they are in whatever God has given them to do. I love what you're saying there. Amen. So almost 20 years of doing uh, what you love, truly what brings you joy and, um, what made me, I want, I want to talk to you about many topics, but the one thing that, um, I really wanted to hear about from you is how, how do you go through when you are going through dry seasons or burnout seasons, because, you know, 20 years of exercising, whatever gift God has given you, we're going to have seasons where maybe we're at a lower capacity, or maybe, um, we are having a season where it's like, man, I'm, you know, opening my Bible every day, but I am just not getting what I, what I was getting out of it, not even a few months ago or seasons where you feel like I've been exercising this a lot and I'm just growing weary, not of, you know, the gift in itself, but just, I've been going and going and going and, um, I'm growing weary. So I, I have you been through those seasons and then, um, some practical tips to work through those seasons. Yes. Yeah. Another, I mean that again, that's another great topic because, oh yes, I have definitely been through those. And it, it was interesting as I was thinking of your podcast today, Katie, I was, I was on a run and, um, 
I'm not a runner. Okay. So like I run, but I'm not a runner. Like some, some people out there, um, but I'm, I'm training for a half marathon in my non running runner way. And so, um, but I, I, it's funny because it's, it's interesting. You even use the word exercising because I was realizing like the way that I started training for this is a lot of the times in ministry of what I do. And I don't know if any of your listeners can relate to this, but um, when I started training, I would do these like a little bit longer runs and I'd like run like my hardest at the beginning. And then, then by the end, I'm like dead. (laughs) Yeah. So dead. And um, it wasn't until a friend and I started running together and she's like much more, and it's funny, even in her personality, she's like much more steady. And, you know, she's like, she taught me how to like, be, be steady. And okay, maybe you think you have that energy, but, but like, just be steady at the beginning. And I think that relates so much to ministry is, um, I, I think it's, it's being proactive and preventative because yeah, I've had seasons of burnout where I did that, where I was just like running so hard and then I just collapsed and, and I was like, I need the, you know, and then I like want to withdraw from everything mm-hmm. and like do nothing. Yes. And I don't yes. think that's healthy. I, I think rest is healthy, but if we have regular and natural rhythms of rest built in that we've been proactive with, I think w- we shouldn't get to a point of like complete burnout. And I think like, I always just look to my savior for his example and Gosh, like he was, he, what's, what's helped me, I've been learning, you know, um, very imperfectly just kind of how to follow his model and just a few quick things. Like, I feel like he, um, you know, he took time away alone often and gosh, like if my savior who could have healed anybody in any moment and he was perfect, like he's way better at me than ministry. Like he, he, he's more needed than me. Um, but if he even like withdrew from people to, you know, spend that time with God, like how much more do I need to? And, um, secondly is Jesus said, no, Jesus. And, and gosh, I, oh, that is so hard. And he said no for the better. Yes. And he said, no. Um, yeah. Sometimes he said no to like really good sounding, you know, ministry opportunities for the one that God was really calling him to. And that, that is hard for me. Like I, I want to say yes to everything and I want to like run the race hard, but I found when I do that, I just get so burnt out. And, um, then I think the last thing is just priorities. I mean, you and I, Katie, and I'm sure a lot of people out there, we have, um, a lot of things on our plate, like we're maybe some of us are moms and, and wives and, I have to make sure that my priorities are in place and my husband and daughter come before, before, you know, this outside Bible teaching and my podcasting and, and, and then my number one is my relationship with God. And if that, if I'm not, if I'm not, um, if my public persona is exceeding my intimate personal time with God, that is the surest way to burn out. And, um, and that, and I've, I've been in seasons like that. I've been really convicted that, you know, I'm just like running hard and I it probably, people wouldn't even know, you know, and you know, they're telling me, Oh, thank you for this Bible encouragement or whatever I'm doing, whether it's, you know, running hard in ministry, but then my personal relationship with God is suffering and that's, that's a quick way to burn out too. Um, and so I have to keep that. I have to guard that so much and remember that that is first. 
That, that right there is so convicting. Um, mm. I have to share really quick. This, this last month has been, um, the month of October, uh, was a very difficult month health-wise. And mm. what's ironic about the whole thing, but nothing is ironic with the Lord. Nothing is a co- coincidence with him. So um, at the end of September, um, I was talking to the Lord and I was like, Lord, if, if you don't bring anyone for the month of October, for me to disciple or mentor, then I know that you're calling me to a month of rest. And I was like, you know, prepared. Like I had talked to him about, I was like, okay. And, and no one came for the month of October. So I'm like, okay, he wants me to have a month of rest. Well, um, as somebody who I, I love being around people and encouraging people like, um, encouragement is, one of my spiritual gifts and I thrive off of being able to encourage someone and be in fellowship with sisters in Christ and um, all the things. And so it is very naturally hard for me to stop and to Mm. pump the brakes and to make sure that I am getting my cup full from the Lord. And so I kind of was wrestling like in that first um, week of October, I was like, Lord, I don't, I know I said, that I understood you were calling me to a month of rest, but I'm just going to keep on trying to push through. And wow. um, I'm not going to, I don't want to rest. Well, the Lord made it clear that that was his, that's what he was asking me to do because I got bronchitis, which mm. took me down. And yeah. after bronchitis, I got pleurisy in my lungs, which took me down for another week. And then I got migraines, which t- took me down for another week. And wow. it was like the Lord was literally saying, I needed you to stop and rest. And wow. I wanted you to spend time with me because what you just said, making sure that our priorities remain intact, if if our outward ministry is becoming more important than our inward ministry, our home, our walk with our walk with the Lord our husband, our children, then our priorities are out of whack. And I'm going to be honest, mine were out of whack. Mine Mm. were out of order. And it's so convicting and so good for me because um, I want, my heart's desire is to remain in communion with with the Lord and to make sure that I'm, that he is number one. I can't go encourage anybody out of my own strength or with my own words it's got to be from him and wow. so i just love that you said that too of we have to make sure our priorities are right and when the lord brings it to us that they're not right listen listen and stop and take a break and make sure that you are in tune with what the holy spirit is asking you to do um don't wow. disobey like I did. <laughs> wow. and, he, and you know, the Bible says he disciplines those he loves. And yeah. I know out of love, I know out of love, he was, he, he allowed this to happen so that I would be on my couch resting and yeah. resting with him. And so I, I'm curious too, I know, okay, you said rhythms. So can you tell me what your Sundays are like? Because I think I'm, is it your Saturday or Sunday that you you take time to yeah. draw? Your, okay, talk me through that. 
Oh, yeah. No. Well, just real quick, I can just so relate to what you shared, Katie, and just thank you for sharing that because I, I've found that, yeah, over and over, like there will be physical symptoms sometimes if we overwork ourselves and it's like, gosh, God, God wants us to rest for our thriving. Like he's not like, like you said, like his discipline was because he wants you to thrive, not burn out. So I just see his love and what you shared. And yeah, I, my husband, gosh, my husband and, and he would share this openly. Um, he has in the past and I mean, still struggles with it now, but he has tendency to, to be a workaholic. And it's funny. I never, (laughs) this is funny. I was a school psychologist, um, in in the public schools years ago before I had my daughter. And it's funny. I, I had a very good like work-life balance then, but when I got into ministry is when I was a workaholic. It's just like, Oh, that's ironic. And my husband, he's, he's a go-getter like driven. And so he has tendencies too to like be a workaholic and um, he had a very wise man share with him um, maybe about four years ago, um, really just the encouragement to implement a Sabbath. And there's a lot of baggage over this term. And it's so funny, whenever I share about it on Instagram, I always get just the most interesting comments. And <laughs> so that's I'm a whole sure, other topic. I'm sure you do. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we, we, um, we practice it in grace and we don't believe there's like a specific day you have to practice it. And so when I say Sabbath, for us, it just means a day of rest. And it was, you know, it was started in the Old Testament, but it's certainly encouraged in the New Testament as far as like just resting. And so, um, yeah, we, um, Sundays is our rest day. And, you know, now I say that and it's like, okay, well, I definitely, I serve in my kids class at church and that's, that's hard work. It's like 20, I don't know, 20 preschoolers. (laughs) Yeah. But just like the overall, um, you know, we, we really try to cease from working and my husband is like led in that so well. And, um, you know, it's been honestly life-changing for our family. And you know what it's been interesting is, um, as much as we're, as much as I can be at work, hawk in ministry, I find that like, I'll be like a workaholic, but then I'm like super lazy. And when I'm being a workaholic, I'm like super lazy in other ways because I, it's burning, I'm burning out. Yes. And so even though I'm like, like, so I'll be like workaholic in ministry and then I'm lazy in my home and like yes. my house is like a wreck. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of it. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. So what was interesting is implementing the Sabbath, like Saturday is kind of like our, our homework day where we like you know, work. And I found that I actually started working harder and getting, and was more productive because I knew a full rest day was coming. And so that's been, yeah, that's definitely a practice that we have. Um, and then I take, um, I'm on Instagram a lot, probably not all your listeners are on, but that's one of the main places I work. And I take a lot of breaks there for a lot of reasons, but one of them is for rest. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. I, I love that encouragement too, of it is, it is good for us. It's good for us to cease from working and just soak him in and whatever that looks like, you know, for each family, it might look different. It might um, be like a Sunday nap and then maybe like you sing songs together or spend some time reading um, some of the word of God together. Maybe it's you have pizza together and you just, it's, it's just a day where it's, 
you're worshiping the Lord together and remembering what he's done for us and how it's good yeah. for us to, to rest. Like he, like he says. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think if we took that more seriously, we would see a lot less burnout. Mm. If we were willing to, to, it's hard though. It's hard to say, to put up that boundary and be like, no, this is our day. We live in such a, you know, go, go, go society culture and things are happening all the time. And so it's truly like fighting for um, that day of rest where you're just soaking in time with him and your family. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. What about, what about dry seasons? Like those, those seasons where you open the word of God and it's just, it's, what do you do if you feel like you, you're just not getting anything from it? Like what helps you like re refresh, renew, rejuvenate? What, what helps you during those seasons? Yeah. Um, well, I think the first thing is being honest and I know that sounds weird, but I think we can have a lot of shame if we're like, we don't feel at all interested in reading the Bible. It's like, we don't want to tell anyone it might make us look like a bad Christian. And, and, and it's just a myth that, I mean, we all struggle with this and I've just found to be just like super open. Like I'll text a friend and be like, I have no motivation right now to read the Bible. I, I just don't even care, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and also I think a lot of our energy, emotional energy is spent by being surprised that we're struggling with motivation because we think which is true. Like we're like, okay, God wants me to read these words. This is the word of God. It's the best book in the whole world. It's life. And so we think there should just be this like natural, you know, inclination all the time to read it and that it would just be easy. And then I just get, I got, I get in this spiral where I just get discouraged. Like why, why, you know, why am I struggling with this? And I just want to say like, I've learned, I'm learning to like channel that emotional energy. Sorry, channel sounds like such a new agey word. I don't mean it. Like, I don't mean it like a new age channel. I just mean like put our our eyes and our focus on on God and you know that emotional energy we're spending on being so discouraged and um and be honest with him and um I think like just be honest with him and be honest with others and pick up that book even when you don't want to and pick it up again and pick it up again. And gosh, I can tell you, you know, sometimes it takes days before my heart is revived again, but there's literally been times where I like, can I like barely picking it up. Like I don't want to read it. There's a million other things I'd rather be doing. And then by the end of that time, I am just so filled with what Paul says in Ephesians with the fullness of God. And it's like, that's what our God can do. And so just like anything else, like where we, we don't really want to do it, you know, it just, I mean, it's just hard. We want to always be this like, yay, <laughs> you know, I'm so excited to read the Bible and it's just not, it's just not that way. And so got to get over that. And, um, sometimes to get to the delight, we have to have discipline, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. And I also like, I was thinking too about, you know, how you said rhythms to in place. And I think it's so important that if you have begun the rhythm of reading yeah. the word of God every day, and you've established that already, then at least 
it's become a rhythm. So even if you're, you're not, you're, it's feeling dry, you're still opening the word of God every day and you're trusting that the Lord will renew your heart and mine. And I agree. It could take, it might take days. It might take um, a month. Even there might be a longer season and it, it just, the verse that I am thinking of is don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in seeking him and spending time with him and yeah. keep opening the Bible and trusting that it is living and active and it will, he will renew you and refresh mm. you. Yeah. Amen to that. Yes. Thank Such you so much for sharing all of that. I am just so encouraged and I also just love the honest part too. I think that's something that, you know, in this whole journey that I've been on the last six months, um, truth telling is, is a word that's come up a lot. And, you know, the Lord just wants us to be truthful with him. He just wants us to say what we're, what we're feeling and because he already knows or what we're thinking, what we're struggling with. He already knows. And I, when I've done that in the past, when I've said, Lord, I, I am struggling to believe that you're going to provide for me in this situation. You know what that opens me up to? It opens me up to his working in my heart and in my yeah. mind. Mm. All it takes is just us saying, Lord, I, I'm, I'm feeling dry. I'm opening your Bible and I am just feeling like I'm not getting anything from it. I don't, I don't want to, I'm, you know, I'm struggling with doing this. Can, can you help me Lord? And it's like the moment we like it, we, we truth tell and we admit what is going on. Then it's like, all right, he, he can go to work. He can work. Um, and he will work. Yes. And we experience the freedom that he came mm. to give us. So, Yes. I I think that's awesome. I think that's crucial in our walk with him is that we just tell the truth of what we're struggling with, what we're feeling, what's going on. Um, He knows anyway, which praise God that he already knows, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay. Verses. Let's finish with any verses that come to mind as you Mm -hmm. are encouraging us to... um, rest and to keep pressing on, keep opening the word of God. Any verses that um, came to mind with that? Yeah, I just have two really short verses and, and I, I love sharing these because um, they're just good ones to memorize. They're really, I, I have like a really bad memory. <laughs> so I love when there's like a powerful short verse that applies to a struggle. And I feel like these really apply to you know, feeling burnt out or like not having motivation. And there's just something so powerful when we pray, um, the scriptures. And, um, the first one is just, is Psalm 85, six and it's, um, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? And, you know, revival starts in our heart. It's not a circumstance. Revival is not a circumstance. It's a heart thing. And um, so I just love that verse, Psalm 85, 6. And then my other go-to is again in the Psalms, um, Psalm 51, 12. And it's restore to me the joy of your salvation. And 
I love both those because both of those are focused on the joy that comes when we're revived, when we're restored. Um, and that's really, that's really part of it too, because there's no greater joy, you know, than when we're hungering for God and we're satisfied, um, with, with him. And so those are my go-tos. And, you know, again, I, I memorize those because when I'm feeling like really unmotivated, I'm just like, please God, you know, help me. And, and I'll pray those verses. Cause sometimes I feel like I don't have the words, you know, to say, but the Bible does. <laughs> yes. Wow. Such powerful passages. So encouraging and up- uplifting. Um, thank you so much, Kristen, for um, spending some time with me and going over all of this. Thank you for sharing your testimony and just your encouragement through the dry seasons or burnout seasons and the rhythms and um, the rest. And I just thank you so much. How can, I know you're on Instagram. How else um, can our listener, my listeners connect with you? Oh, thanks for asking Katie. And again, thanks for having me here. And um, yeah, they can follow me on Instagram at she loves Bible. I write um, de- Bible devotions there and share resources. And then um, also uh, my podcast is abiding free and we're on, you know, all major podcast pod, pod cl- <laughs> like always like have that podcast yes. platforms. Um, and so those are probably the two um, yeah primary primary places. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll put those in the show links. And trust me, if you're not um, following Kristen already, you definitely need to. Um, Thank you. You're such an encouragement. So thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much.